Okay. Um, so we're going to look at the New Testament. And uh, so the, the table of contents is where I want to... I want you to turn today, or if you don't have a table of contents, um, wherever it lists all the books in your app or whatever, all the books of the New Testament. So we'll start there. We've just come out of the Gospels. Those are the first four books of the New Testament. Um... So Matthew, Mark, and Luke, then John, and then Acts. So Acts is right there in between the four Gospels. And Romans is the first epistle or letter. Um, Luke and Acts were originally one, well, they are, they are two parts of the same story. They were, they're, they're only separated because they're about the same length each. They're only separated because they could each only fit on one scroll when it was originally written. Um, so it wasn't, it wasn't like written later as a sequel <laughs> or whatever. They were one story, one narrative. And uh, as we go through Acts, as we will, um, you'll see how, it, how it, um, a lot of the, the way that it's written is a mirror image of the book of Luke. So the Gospels and the Epistles, and then there's this interesting book, Revelation, which is sort of an epistle and also sort of a, a, a type of literature that we call apocalyptic, which sounds... Um, it sounds doomsday-ish. Which it's, it, the word apocalypse really just means revelation. It means tearing back the veil, like uncovering. So that's what apocalypse means. So we'll get to that. But uh, what I want to point out is that Luke and Acts, this was really interesting to me, uh, make up 27.5% of the New Testament, which means that Luke, the author of Luke and Acts, uh, is the single is, is the greatest single contributor to the New Testament, uh, and you, you see what I mean by that. He is responsible as an author for the largest chunk of the New Testament, more than Paul, more than John. Uh, that's really interesting to me that the largest chunk that we have from one person is, is Luke. Um, but we're we're coming to the book of Acts now. Acts is, is different than a gospel, and let me just say this in, in the in the early church, like as, as early as the early 100s A.D., there were a collection of Paul's letters that were circulating around. Okay? Uh, and they were known as authoritative and, and scriptural. There were also, as early as, probably earlier than 180 A.D., uh, there was a grouping of what they called the fourfold gospel. Okay? Uh, and so these two collections were there very early. And, and our, the reason I say this and is that it's important is because um, there's, this, there's this conception of the formation of the New Testament canon where it's like, oh, it was way later. It was like in three or four hundred or five hundred. And it was a bunch of old guys sitting around deciding which books would make it in. Um, and how can we trust that process? Well, it's just not true. Paul's letters authoritatively were grouped very early on, as early as like early 100s, and then the four the four gospels were grouped and were known as a set as early as 180, um, probably earlier. Uh, 180 is when we have the first mention of that in any sort of writings. Um, the reason that's important is because it, it lets us know that Acts plays a very important role in the New Testament. 
these two collections of documents, the Gospels and the, the letters of Paul, which they called the Apostle. It was this group of letters called the Apostle. So you had the Gospels and the Apostle. Um, there wasn't really any way to connect those two until you got the book of Acts. Because in Acts, it tells of Paul's conversion. It tells of Paul's journeys. It's the historical backdrop to all those letters. And it provides invaluable insight to all the letters. And so Acts is a crucial book. I would say it's, it's, it's the glue of the New Testament. We have the story of what Jesus came to do and say. Then we have Paul's writings to all the churches. Well, what, what connects those two? What brings it all together? And it's the book of Acts. It's what we know about the early church in Jerusalem and the journeys of Paul and his conversion um, in the book of Acts that, that really ties the New Testament all together for us. It was, it, it's what lets us know who we are as a people, the book of Acts. Um, and so that's the New Testament. The New Testament is the gospel and the letters bridged by the book of Acts. And that's what we have. It's, it's 27 books. Um, now, there were some other letters that were added in uh, after, after a while. And it was uh, Peter's letters. And then, uh, what's the other one? James, yeah, and Hebrews as well. Um, one more thing I want to say just about the New Testament in general is that your Bible is organized what we call canonically, not chronologically. Okay, so the order in your Bible that they come in is a canonical order, and here's how it's organized. Four Gospels, the first of the three synoptic Gospels, then John, then Acts, which is the history. Then the letters, but here's how they're organized, and it's kind of bizarre to me, biggest to smallest. <laughs> the letters of Paul, biggest to smallest. That's how, that's how it got organized. Then the general epistles, which would be... Uh, Hebrews, James, 1st and 2nd Peter, 1st and 2nd, 3rd John, and Jude. Again, by size and by author. Um, which is a fine way. It makes sense. right? That, that makes sense that it's organized that way. Um, but when you read through the book of Acts, that is a story that's told, obviously, chronologically. It is a history. And so, uh, you've got to be careful, because Romans was not the first letter that Paul wrote. It was one of the later letters that he wrote. But it, it comes first in your Bible. Same thing happens with Luke and Acts. They got split up. Why? Because they're kind of, they were seen as different genres. One was a gospel included in that grouping of four. But you can't miss that Luke and Acts are one continuous story. So, I like the, the canonical organization, but you've got to realize, you know, if you understand it differently, if you can kind of rearrange it in your head... It'll, it'll also help you out. Does that make sense? Any questions about that? Who did not realize that before? Really? Oh, wow. Okay. Well, I'm glad we, <laughs> glad we said something about that. But that's how the New Testament is organized. Um, and so obviously Acts there, it kind of stands alone. And it, it does. It holds everything together. Um, and the canon... When I say the canon in canonical order, it just means the grouping of New Testament books that's considered authoritative. And the canon was in place a long, long time ago. So that, that's important, and maybe one day you'll run into a situation where you go, no, I know. 
but it was in place long before then. All right, so let, let's go to Acts. We'll, we'll take into Acts a little bit. Any questions about that in the, in the New Testament? Clarifications? Um, oh, so what I want to say is we will be preaching through them canonically. Okay, so we'll just go through in the order in the Bible. But that means whenever we come to a book in Romans, we'll want to go back to maybe Acts for the, the, the right section of Acts for some backdrop, for some background. Uh, actually, the first letters that Paul wrote were the Thessalonians. And those were actually written during, you can go and look in Acts and you can say, oh, he probably wrote them while he was here because certain things that he mentions in his letters match up with what he says uh, or what Luke says in the book of Acts about where Paul was in his journeys. And it's really fun when that starts to come together in your head. Uh, I was with a group of guys once and we did a, a study. I think Stephen was in this study uh, over a Christmas break and we just said, right, we're going to read Acts and we're going to read all of the epistles where they were written in the book of Acts. And man, it, it like went from two-dimensional to three-dimensional for me. And that was, that was a really foundational study in my life. Uh, okay, so the book of Acts opens up like this. In the first book, O Theophilus, I have dealt with all that Jesus began to do and teach. That tells us quite a bit right there. It tells us that there's a first book, that this is part two of a grouping of books. It tells us that it's written at about the same time to the same person. Okay? In the first book, O Theophilus, I have dealt with all that Jesus began to do and teach. What's implied by saying what he began to do and teach? He's still doing stuff. What's the book called? The Acts. And traditionally it's called the Acts of the Apostles. But I, I think a more accurate title is the continued Acts of Jesus by the Holy Spirit. That's what Luke is saying. These are the continued Acts of Jesus. Not in the flesh, but by the Holy Spirit. So this really is part two of the gospel. It is from Jesus the man in the flesh to the body of Christ and the gospel going worldwide by the Holy Spirit. <clears throat> so he began to do and teach. And that's really what the gospel is. What did Jesus do and what did he say? The words and the works of Jesus. That's the gospel. Jesus' words and his works. And so in Luke, we spent a long time looking at what he did, but also the things that he said, his parables, his teachings, um, his rebukes to the Pharisees. All of these things, these are all part of the gospel. Until the day when he was taken up, after he had given commands through the Holy Spirit to the apostles whom he had chosen. Because okay, so though Luke emphasized the importance of the Holy Spirit in Jesus' life. Okay? And that's not going to go away. Right? If anything, in the book of Acts, the emphasis on the Holy Spirit gets cranked up even more. Okay? The Holy Spirit is now, it has now come in a, in a way that has never come in history before. Uh, and so, 
let me just give a, a brief overview of, of Acts. Okay, the, the, the outline of Acts is this. Verse 8 of chapter 1. I'll start in verse 6. So when they had come together, they asked, they asked him, Lord, will you at this time restore the kingdom to Israel? He said to them, It is not for you to know the times or seasons that the Father has fixed by his own authority, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. And you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the end of the earth. That is the outline of the book of Acts. The ministry in Jerusalem, the ministry in Judea and Samaria, and then ultimately to the ends of the earth. And literally, Paul goes to the ends of the earth. He goes to, the book ends with Paul in Rome, the center of the Gentile world. You can't get any further away from Jerusalem, not necessarily geographically, but what Jerusalem represents and what Rome represents are two vastly different things. And here comes Paul. He's taking from Jerusalem via Asia Minor and Europe all the way to Rome, the center of the Gentile world. And there he is going to preach the gospel. So it really does go from Jerusalem all to the ends of the earth. <clears throat> so there's six, uh, six sections, and, and uh, that's this is what we're going to do. I'm just going to walk through. We'll look at each of these sections. They're each marked off by a brilliant summary statement. Luke is great at this. He'll be telling a story, and he'll say, and so, this. <laughs> and it'll like kind of sum up everything and then push us into the next section. So I want to look at those. There's six of them. Uh, chapter 6, verse 7. So, chapter 1 through 6, the ministry in Jerusalem. The Holy Spirit falls. The, uh, by the way, in chapter 2, when the Holy Spirit comes, and we'll, we'll look at this more in depth next week, but there are people from all over the world, all different nations there. And so right there at the, at the beginning of the, uh, at the beginning of the gospel going forth, they're already there. The Gentiles are already hearing uh, the gospel. But in chapter 6, verse 7, And the word of God continued to increase, and the number of the disciples multiplied greatly in Jerusalem, and a great many of the priests became obedient to the faith. Wow, the priesthood is responding to the gospel. This is good. This is a really good thing. Uh, we, we've seen a lot of the Pharisees reject the gospel. But here it says that in Jerusalem, as the ministry was happening, priests were coming to the Lord. What a great thing. All right. So that's the first section, uh, the ministry to Jerusalem. Key players here are Peter and John. Peter uh, and John. They go to the temple to pray. Peter's the one who preaches. He becomes sort of the public face, the PR guy uh, for the apostles. But John's right there with him, and that core group of apostles who were with Jesus are ministering to primarily the Jewish community in Jerusalem. All right, chapter 9, verse 31. So the church throughout all Judea and Galilee and Samaria had peace and was being built up, and walking in the fear of the Lord and in the comfort of the Holy Spirit, it multiplied. 
see, Judea and Samaria. Now, if you rewind from chapter 9 to, to 6, what happens here is the gospel begins to go to Judea, which is the area outside of Jerusalem, and Samaria. The key players here are Stephen, the first martyr, and Philip. Philip goes down to Samaria, and he preaches, and there's a revival, and the Holy Spirit falls. Chapters 9 through 12 are the third section. 9 through 12, so let's go to chapter 12, verse 24. But the word of God increased and multiplied. Okay, so it's still increasing and multiplying. What happens from chapter 9 through 12 um, is the first wave of Gentiles starts to come in. Okay, this is where Peter has a vision of unclean and clean animals. Cornelius and his household are saved. They are Gentiles. Another significant thing that happens here is there's this guy named Saul who's persecuting the church. He is a Pharisee. He gets knocked off of his horse. He encounters Jesus. His name gets changed to Paul. And he becomes the apostle to the Gentiles. So Paul's conversion then happens here at this point. At the same time that Peter is ministering to Cornelius. So it's beginning to spread. And who is Paul? Paul is the apostle to the Gentiles. Paul is God's chosen instrument to go away from Jerusalem into the ends of the earth. So here in this third section, Peter starts to witness Gentiles coming in. And Peter is really the face of the Jerusalem church. And Paul, Paul's conversion happens. Okay, chapters 12 through 16. Go to 16.5. So the churches were strengthened in the faith, and they increased in numbers daily. This marks off another section. Now, what has happened in these four chapters? It's Paul's first missionary journey. <coughs> he goes up. Uh, oh, yeah. Nap time. <laughs> all right, so here's Jerusalem. This is where this is all happening. Oh, go to the uh, setting of the book of Acts. But, yeah, there we go. Okay, Jerusalem. Now, where's Judea and Samaria? South and north of Jerusalem. Okay. Um, Paul's first missionary journey. So this is where this is happening. This is where Philip goes to uh, preach. Um, all right, go to that first missionary journey. So this is chapters 12 through 16. Paul goes Antioch. Now, Antioch becomes the center of the Gentile church. Well, really the mixed church, okay? Um, Jews and Gentiles. And actually, they have to send, when there's a revival up here, and also, Antioch is where uh, followers of Jesus were first called Christians. Um, and it was, a, it was a term of derision. Little Jesus, little Christ. Um, they had to send some prophets up here to say, or some apostles up here to say, what's going on in here? And is it legitimate? Is it genuine? Okay. But meanwhile, Paul is sent out, and he goes all around here. This is where he picks up Timothy, Derby. Okay, so he, he comes and he's going through and he's preaching to the Gentiles. Don't get confused, there's another Antioch up here. This is 
Syrian Antioch. This is Pisidian Antioch. Uh, don't get confused as you're reading. But this is chapter 12 through 16, and this is what is happening. Um, and this is where it says... The other thing that happens in chapter 15 is all this is going on, all the Gentiles are coming to the faith, and, and Paul's experiencing great success. There's a council that gets called in Jerusalem, and they say, we are really confused. Uh, Jews and Gentiles are having to live together. The Jews are trying to get the Gentiles to fully convert to Judaism, to get them to, to follow the Jewish law. How much of the Jewish law do we need to tell the Gentiles to, uh, uh, to follow? And the first church council in Acts 15 happens here, and they, send, they write a letter that's to be sent out to all the churches that, that Paul is ministering to, basically saying, here's how much of the Jewish law you need to follow. And they give guidelines for the Gentile churches. Uh, all right. 16 through 1920. Go to 1920. So the word of the Lord continued to increase and prevail mightily. You see these little markers that he gives? Now, in 16 through 20, it's, it's uh, the second missionary journey. Okay, this one gets a little more involved. Okay, so the first one was just kind of around here. Second one, he, he starts out from Antioch. That's kind of his, his home base for a little while. He goes all the way up into Asia up here. Um... There's a significant story that happens right here where it says Paul wanted to go to Bithynia, but the Spirit said, no, go this way. Go to Macedonia. So he went this way and went to Troas. Then what happened is all of Greece, right? Ephesus, Corinth, all these churches we know, Thessalonians. So God was saying, no, I'm preparing this part of the world for the gospel. Don't go over here. <laughs> Go over here. And that's so what a huge, what a huge implication that had. Right? Jesus had to basically put up a fence and say, no, <laughs> this. Uh, okay. So 16 through 20, this uh, he goes, this is the first time he goes to Philippi. So we get the book Philippians, uh, Thessalonica, Thessalonians, Corinth, Corinthians, Ephesus, Ephesians. All these major churches in the ministry of Paul, this is his first touch of all these churches. He makes his way back uh, to Caesarea and uh, eventually to Jerusalem. All right. So then his third missionary journey. Oh, so this one, his first was just was Asia, kind of Asia Minor over here. Second, it gets over into Europe. Okay. So that's what's happening in 16 through 19. Um, and then the third missionary journey, he basically says, hey, let's go everywhere that we've gone, and let's go back and, and, and check up on them. All right? Um, yeah. So he does that. His, his, his two journeys happened in uh, 16 through 19. Then in 1921, it says that, after these events, Paul resolved in the spirit to pass through Macedonia and Achaia and to go to Jerusalem, saying, after I have been there. All right, so I'm going back to Macedonia. And by the way, I'm, I'll, I'll send you these maps. It's good to know sometimes you'll, you know, 
the names of places, sometimes it's a little city, sometimes it's like a region. You know, so like it's good to know that Galatia is a whole region, right? So the book of the Galatians is written to a whole region. Ephesus is a city. So it's a letter written to a church in a city. It's important to know. I'll send these maps out. These are just from the ESV uh, study Bible. Um, so he says, I've got to go back to Jerusalem. Then my end goal is to get all the way to Rome. So then go to that last map there, the uh, journey to Rome. So then his final journey and, and where we end up, and this is chapters 19 through 28, is the story of his journey all the way down to Rome. He has a shipwreck, uh, and there's all sorts of stuff that happens. But Paul's journey all the way to Rome here is what, is what makes up the last uh, and, and largest section of the book of Acts, 19 through uh, the end of the book. So as you get started reading, we'll, we'll spend three more weeks in Acts. Um, as, as, you get, as you start reading through, it's good to read with a map. And I'm going to send these ones out on the email list. Um, and if you, or if you have a map, a lot of times in the back of your Bible they'll have one, and it's handy. Um, like this is a decent one. Uh, but your Bible might have a, a good one in the back of it. Uh, but keep in mind the place and the movement and, and re- realize that it's not just, this isn't just an outline of, you know, geographical movement. This is the word of God reaching the world. I mean, this is the fulfillment of, of all kinds of Old Testament prophecy. That from Jerusalem, the word of the Lord is going to go into all the nations. All nations are going to be blessed by what happens in Jerusalem. Not only that, but this is the fulfillment of God's promise to Abraham. Listen, I'm going to make a family of you. And in you, all the families of the earth will be blessed. So what's happening in the book of Acts is not just a bunch of names and places and, and Holy Spirit stuff. It is the culmination and the fulfillment of everything that God was working toward. Everything that Jesus came to put into motion. It is happening in the book of Acts. And the book of Acts ends really open-ended. Okay, So I think it's good for us today to recognize that we are still in the book of Acts. We're still fulfilling what Jesus began to do and teach. And the things that the Holy Spirit has empowered the people of God to do and to teach in the earth. And what is it? It's that God's bringing salvation through Jesus to all people. And he's doing it through his people, his temple. He's doing it from Jerusalem through his temple. Now next week we'll look at, in the beginning there at Pentecost, the Holy Spirit comes and falls and, and, and uh, empowers the church, what that is, is, is an Old Testament thing. It's God's presence coming to dwell in the tabernacle, in the temple. Well, that's you and me now. It's not a, it's not a tent out in the desert anymore. It's you and it's me uh, by the Holy Spirit. So we'll look more at that next week. So as we go through, we're going to go through Acts, and it's you know, we only have, we only do three weeks on it. Um, we're going to try and get as much as we can out of it. Uh, but as we go through Acts, one thing I want you to do, in addition to looking at maps as you go, is um, to mark or circle or highlight, however you do it in your Bible, uh, everywhere where the Holy Spirit is mentioned. And you will learn a ton that way. Um, it, will, it will change your life. If you just look closely at everywhere that the Holy Spirit is mentioned in the book of Acts, and what it's doing, what he's doing, how he intervenes in human situations. 
how he empowers people. The miracles that happen as a result of the Holy Spirit. Also the comfort and the rebuke and everything else that happens. He, I mean, the Holy Spirit takes, is it Philip? He just vanishes through thin air and ends up somewhere else. It's crazy. Uh, so look at everywhere the, the Holy Spirit is mentioned. And then as we get into the epistles, we're going to keep coming back to, so this is why I'm, it's all right that we're only spending three weeks. Because pretty much every epistle that we come to after this, every letter, we're coming back to Acts. And we're going to situate ourselves in the story of Acts. So what we're doing for the next three weeks is we want to get a good foundation for just the history and the backbone of what's, what's going to then happen in the letters. Okay? The letters, a lot of them are, are practical. They address the communities of God. Um, and they're also very... Uh, they're practical, but they're also very timely. Like They address current events. And so Acts give us, gives us another angle uh, to, to come at those letters. Um, when we get to the epistles, our, our focus is going to be, we're going to circle and really look at everywhere that the one another's occur. Okay, so we're going to look at the Holy Spirit in Acts and the one another's in the epistles. And this will give us a great, you know, a great summer of really steeping ourselves in the power of the Holy Spirit and the relationships that God is building in his church. And uh, this is all pointed toward our commission. Build a church. Build a church. And it happens as the Holy Spirit comes and dwells in, in his people. And as we live our lives together, uh, relating to each other by the Holy Spirit, growing up into him who is the head. And uh, so I'm really looking forward to this. I can't think of anything better to spend time studying and, and preaching through and acts and the epistles for, for us. Um, so my encouragement this morning is, is to realize that we are, you know, there's a whole, there's a whole, it's this big brand of, of church planting movement called the Acts 29 Network. <laughs> it's true, right? We are in Acts 29 right now. If you didn't get that, Acts ends at chapter 28. And the next chapter is where we are. <laughs> We are in Acts 29 right now. The same Spirit is at work yeah. doing the same things. Good. Relationships are as tricky as ever and as crucial as ever to the work of God. Uh, and so let's just realize that, that we are looking at ourselves in these books. Right? These aren't antiquated documents. They are, they are vitally important for our lives what we're going to do this week. You need to go to the book of Acts to, to uh, really receive wisdom uh, for the way we live. Amen? Amen. All right, any, any, uh, any questions or anything anybody want to share at this point? Everybody clear where we're headed? Everybody have a good New Testament? Also, bring, if you can, just can you bring a paper Bible? to? If you don't have one, let me know. I'll, I'll, I'll get you a good one. Um, it just helps. It, 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 you know, you can mark, you can know where stuff is. It, it really does help, especially as we go through Acts. And there's, there's a lot of places and, and names. Um, we need to approach this, you know, as good students. Uh, so bring your, bring your textbooks uh, to church with you, if you don't mind. All right. Uh, ben, will you close us in prayer? Jesus, we thank you.